Hello and welcome to Game Changing with me, Tim Thornton. And me, Chris Sheldon. In this podcast, we chat to various luminaries from the music world who we've met along the way. About those key moments in their careers where the stars aligned and it all started to go right. singer-songwriters, engineers, producers, mixers. We love them all here at the Game Changing Podcast HQ. But what about something truly unconventional? What about an episode featuring that peerless polymath, Anna Meredith? All right, then. I met Anna back in those heady old days before the lockdown, when getting on the bus and going somewhere for fun was a thing. In this case, I went to Anna's nice little studio in the bowels of Somerset House, London, where we chatted about making her visionary albums, varmints and fibs, and how she travelled from being an incredibly promising young contemporary composer to being the captain of a globe-trotting electronic classical rock band signed to Moshi Moshi and demanded for festivals and concerts the world over. We joined the discussion when I'd just presented Anna with a copy of Fink's 2013 live album that we recorded with Amsterdam's Royal Concertgebouw Orchestra. still remains the wow, great. best gig I've ever done ever really? kind of thing. Yeah. Wow. yeah, it was a lot of fun. That's so cool. I mean just just diving straight in, in fact that there was um unfortunately there was a couple of songs in the gig that mm. didn't make it onto the album. Right. Um, and the reason I mention it is because there was uh, the first one that we did mm. was a piece called The Short Ride and Fast Machine. Mm-hmm which is by... John Adams. There you go. Mm-hmm. And John Adams was the, the first person I thought of when I heard your stuff. Right. Like, and, I mean, I heard it on Stuart McConey's Freak Zone. Yeah. And I immediately thought, oh, has she been listening to John Adams? Right. Have you? Did you? Um, I mean, I know of John Adams, right. but I don't listen to any music. Like, I deliberately don't. So I know lots of John Adams and probably, you know, I'm not, like, in a vacuum. Uh-huh. Um, but it's not something I sort of directly... Um, sort of reference, right? So yeah. you say you don't listen to any music, yeah? What at all? No, not like I mean, I'm not like as I say, you know, I'm not like plugging my ears, but right. I don't seek any music out. Have you always done that? Uh, last ten years, really? Yeah. So you know, I've got. I mean, I go to friends' gigs, but yeah, I'm more like in a little <laughs> composition vacuum where I, work, I write a lot better if I'm just doing it under really? my own steam. Okay. Yeah. Oh, wow. We mentioned when you said you, you thought you might have met me. Um, yes. We have only met on social media and, yes. and barely, if at all. Okay. And what what happened was that I did a um, Huffington Post review of right. comments. Ah, okay. did you? Oh, thank you. No, it's all right. Um, and I'll just read you what I wrote. Okay. Well, the pertinent bit, anyway. Yeah. So it's just a short one. I know very little of the background to varmints. Yeah. But there's a made-up story, as in I made it up, which pops into my mind whenever I listen to this madcap fairground ride of a record. Hardcore, excuse me for this description, hardcore classical composing Wunderkind Anna Meredith is hanging out in a cafe somewhere and on comes an Everything Everything record or a Dutch Uncle's record or even a Foles record. She knocks back her coffee, thinks, you know what? I can outmath these slackers. Pops into a nearby studio and a year later emerges with varmints under her arm. Am I anywhere near the truth? Who knows? So good. I do remember that. You did? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So can you remember what your response was? Uh, did I reply? You wrote, you linked to the review. Yeah. And you said, 
Do you know the um, this the origin story of varmints is absolutely true. <laughs> I mean, uh, I don't know if that's quite true. Why would I say that? Anyway, but yeah, I, well, I, I think I, you I were wish entering into the spirit of right, yeah, probably. But. Yeah, yeah. Well, thanks for writing. Oh, that. uh, that's all right. So, needless to say, it's not quite. Um, no, because I guess I wouldn't have been thinking. Uh, one, I suppose I don't think what I'm doing is very mathy. I know that mm. it seems that way to other people, but it's definitely not like music from the. You know, it feels quite instinctive to me that the actual nuts and bolts of it is not like too. It's not that academic at all, really. And yeah, the desire to like make band stuff has been like evolving tediously slowly. Right. I was in bands when I was a teenager, then got much more into like the whole classical thing, mm. and was being just being a composer for most of my twenties, and then. Yeah, about 10-ish years ago, just sort of started to be a little bit frustrated that I wasn't performing. Yeah. And that obviously as a classical composer, you you write music for other people to play. And you have, if you don't have any commissions or if you don't have commissions you like, most of us only played once. Pieces are played once, there's quite often no recordings or a record of it. So you can spend like months and months and months writing a piece that's done once and it's just done. And it's quite depressing. And I think just the, that over time start to feel like... Uh, just a bit like I didn't want that to be the only thing I did and I guess making electronics you can be quite self-sufficient you can do yeah. the whole thing yourself yeah. and don't involve anybody else so I started doing little things from there and I kind of did two EPs before Varmints mm. so um, kind of baby stepped my way into and then making a band and you know all that sort of stuff so it was kind of um, but yeah even uh, yeah, it still felt like a big leap of faith you know turning down a ton of work Finding a ton of money and investing a lot of money and yeah. to make it happen, I guess. Sure. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting because um, having seen you live, I saw mm. you, I've only seen you once, I saw you at Visions Festival. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, I, I kind of thought it probably would be like this, but it was very bandy. Mm. It's, it's essentially like seeing an a indie rock band. Right. But yeah. it plays this particular music. Mm. And um, it seemed as if possibly you'd even conceived it to be performed by a band such as that mm. rather than the other way around definitely no I mean like Fibs' new album I have written thinking of those players because we've played so much together and I've toured yeah. so much that I'm you know I know how they play and I know what stuff we'll have fun playing I didn't actually I was trying not to think too much about how things would work for live when I was writing I was just trying to think of good strong stuff and you know whilst always having the colours of you know tubas and cellos and guitars and clarinets and stuff that I knew I could draw on if I needed yeah, to. So, yeah, yeah. Um, but not feeling too constrained by that. Like I, you know, I always knew that the you know the heart of this music is electronic. Right. Oh, yeah. really? Okay. Yeah. 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 So, is Varmints done by the same band? Mm, some of them. Yeah. Some are like newer or some changing of people. But yeah. this current guy has been like consistent for about four years. Now. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And you've seen the, uh, the guy Jack Ross, right? Yeah. Did he? Have I got this right? Did he produce Fibs? No, I so I did the production. Okay, but he produced the recording, so he did all the editing. If that's because oh, right. we've producing some of those weird words. No. Sure, sure, especially for your. your yeah, music, kind I think of so. No, so I mean, in terms of like, yeah, I suppose really what you mean by produced, he he did the, the painstaking, laborious work yeah. of of editing every cello take and vocal take and stitching it all together and yeah. you know all that stuff, but. Electronics. Uh, there's nobody else like working on the electronics. Understood. Okay. Yeah. And because, but varmints. I mean, what basically I'm getting this off because we have a kind of uh, focus on producers as well. Right. Podcast. I'm trying. Yeah. It's always interesting to see who who produces it. Yeah. You know? And varmints. I, I was pretty sure you'd you'd done yeah. all. Yeah. You know. I think we were trying to find a, fa- a phrase to try and for Jack and to try and try and credit him somehow because he worked you know he did months of work yeah and if we just were like so we found this in the end recording produced by rather than oh, like record yeah. so rather than record or you know rather than Fibs is produced by you know like so it says Anna Fibs is written and produced by Anna the recording is produced by so that's, oh, okay. that's, a, that's a distinction we came up with but I, mean, cool. I have no yeah. idea if it's clear or not but it well it works for you though doesn't it because yeah. I mean it's a bit like when I always think of the Blur songwriting credits they have this right. weird thing where it's song by Damon Albarn right music by Blur Oh, that's interesting. So, in other words, he sat in a room with an acoustic guitar or yeah. whatever and come up with the basic thing and the words and the melody. And then they've turned it into oh, what the you, elements. Oh, what that's interesting. Yeah. yeah. And I don't know. I mean, I'm always fascinated by how people split 
uh, the PRS yeah. check. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> it's know. difficult, isn't it? And well, yeah, we've got crazy percentages and all that. Have you? Like yeah. uneven ones? Oh, completely uneven, but worked out meticulously. Right. We sit down and we go, right, who did that? And who came up with that? And who came up with that bit? And, and then, you know, oh, we get this wow. kind of three-way, but sometimes it can be like, you know, 86.2%. And, and is it awkward? No. Really? It, in fact, because we do this, it yeah. makes it less awkward. Yeah. If we didn't do it, if we just went, yeah, let's just do like 50, 25, 25. Right. Then it would be awkward. Yeah. Know? But no, we love our songwriting, you know. So right. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. you don't have that problem, I guess. Well, <laughs> no, I want to give, the others do have a little tiny bit. Mm. Um, I mean, my publishing is that, it's not actually that flexible. I don't have that much to play with in terms okay. of sense. But um, I do, the others do have small percents because I'm writing the instrumental you know, even the electronic parts and the songs and structure and the lyrics are on me but the guitar parts are written with Jack so mm. my credit on the thing is like you know written and produced by Anna guitar parts written with Jack drum parts written with Sam and then under that extra creative input I even think I put that line mm. from Sam and Jack which was them sitting agonising over some overall stuff and then recording produced by it. so it's quite wordy but uh, yeah there's just everyone all of them have had input definitely yeah, a minimum into their own part I mean the guitar sounds quite authored in mm. a way. it sounds like he's kind of I mean of all of, all of them that's the, the one I'm sort of thinking is probably him coming up with Bit of not small, bit of kind of mix. Most of the time, mm. I'm like singing a, a guitar line, yeah, and, and um, or notating. He's reading, right? It. Okay. Um, so he reads, does he? Yeah, oh, they all, right. yeah. But they all so, read, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're all very. Even the, does the drummer read as well? Yeah, he's more of a percussionist, really. Oh, is he? Okay. Yeah, yeah. He's great, your drummer. He's really great. Yeah. He's like, my wife turned to me halfway through the gig and said, "He's got great hair." He does have great hair. Yeah. <laughs> just met him for lunch just now, so he's. Oh really? Oh yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah. Oh, cool, cool. Um, but he, yeah. So they're all classical. That, you know, we all met well through. We've all come through like music conservatoires and right, and then yeah. after that sort of stuff. But okay. Jack guitar, yeah. So occasionally, I've said what would fit along. You know, and he has had a little some of the more textural uh, textural stuff, but the, any like big melodic lines, mm. I would have written probably. And did they have any part in the Four Seasons thing? No. Okay, so that was Scottish ensemble. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, okay. yeah. That's great, actually. Thanks. That, that's really like... nice light. If you ever see live, it's so. Oh nice. right. Did you do much of it? Yeah, we've there? done it a few times, and I'm doing it like for a month in Australia, which would be great this oh, summer. Wow. But it's um, yeah. So when it's live, you, it, it's you sit in this room um, where, where there's some stools in the middle and there's giant screens that go all around which are my sister's watercolours and the players like stand around you and the electronics are all surrounded electronics and, and the players like kind of move around and it's just really kind of intense mm. it's a really mm. nice thing so we've done quite a few performances but it's right. quite an expensive show so we did in Japan sure. a, few weeks, a few months ago which is brilliant wow. really good yeah is it where did you go sorry Japan oh okay you mm. went with that right. yeah so how is that a full that's not a full orchestra that's a string orchestra String orchestra. Okay. Yeah, so, so I do stuff like the Vivaldi Four Seasons is quite like standard repertoire for them. They so they they asked well not that their 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 artistic director asked me to do this piece as like half yeah half me half right me, okay because I was I mean I've been a being it with other versions of the Four Seasons right um, of the original Four Seasons yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean I, I'm not I must admit I'm not educated in classical yeah but it's not like like Max Richter has done like a he's reimagined the Four Seasons uh-huh. other people have done stuff where they've like remixed or whatever I right. have those records but I know that they exist and people okay. have done like their own thing well I went for the sort of oldest like the four seasons that my mother would have right you know I mean? yeah 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 and I I mean I found yours I mean I liked it because having heard Varmints at that mm. point it sounded like quite there was a lot of attack yeah it. a lot of energy right right is that that was deliberate though, yeah you know? they spent you know even though, you know, because it kind of goes me, Vivaldi, me, Vivaldi the whole way through, uh, they spent a ton of time trying to say, okay, how can we, you know, we finish Anna's piece playing with tons of energy or with a really metallic sound? How mm. can we carry that into, how can it feel like it's an echo of that into this? So, yeah, they sort of started from, they didn't just go, you know, they would play the four seasons a billion times and it was really nice that they sort of started from scratch yeah. to think about ways to play it that made the whole thing feel a bit more connected and you know there's lots of movements that are chopped up a little bit things don't start in the, in the right place and I scrap some movements all together right okay. like, yeah, yeah be done with it yeah, yeah, yeah. scrap it and do you, do you think that that um, translated into how uh, it was engineered as well like did it did it get mic'd up in a different way to how 
Um, maybe. I mean, hmm, I can't remember how we recorded it. I mean, it was all done binaurally. Right. And because it sounded quite kind of meaty. The, mm, the sound. I think there. I did. See, yes, I did. When I was, I was there for the mixing. Ah. And I did say, uh, you know, I think it should feel like a pop record. Yeah. I think it should feel loud, and you know, I want it to feel like intense. Sure. And, yeah. You know, don't remember if that was actual miking or the mixing afterwards, mm. but. Um, I mean, the reason I thought miking was because you can hear quite a lot of the the business, if you know what I mean. Right, sort of like, like almost, and, yeah, yeah. You know, almost shuffling, maybe even shuffling on seats and things like that, which right. I, which I quite liked. Yeah, you know? maybe I don't remember that being. A, I have to say, yeah, I don't remember that being a purposeful thing. Mm. But definitely, we would have wanted something that didn't feel too detached and polished. It would yeah. have been like wanting things that felt like right in your grill. Because it's quite um, Four Seasons has a. I mean, again, from my layman's point of view with classical, mm. it has a sort of slightly bad rep sometimes. Yeah, I was horrified when they asked me to do it. We're just like, you know, it's so famous. Uh-huh. You know, you hear it on hold. You know, you hear it's it exactly what time, I was going to say. Yeah. And I've, you know, the idea, it's almost like someone asked me to make a poster that has to incorporate the McDonald's logo. You know, it's like, how do you musically sit alongside something that's... Yeah. You know, it's like... I, and I was thinking, how the fuck am I going to do this? Yeah. Like, I just couldn't. But in the end, I thought of it like as if Vivaldi and I are both collaborating on this thing. And I've got a shape. I do all these shapes and I plan stuff out. So I did a sometimes a happier, yeah, like a a, um, a big kind of map of the piece. So it's like me, Vivaldi, me, Vivaldi. These I made the shape that made the whole year. You know, it's meant to be a year, right? And it's an hour. So I should do the Adam Buxton thing now of describing what I'm looking at for right. the people listening. So mm. Anna's showing me a. It's. I mean, this is like I'm going to use the crazy term music paper. <laughs> yeah. The paper that you would write. Yeah, it's a bit, it's a bit of manuscript paper, yeah. but I just had to happen. It's more, it's not even really being used for anything musical. It's just like a, 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 map. Tar- a map. Yeah, and I do this for all, every piece I do. I do a little map, but this uh-huh. is a map of the over the structure of the entire hour-long piece that has basically a bunch of geometric shapes following into each other. So some of them are big triangular building up shapes and some of them start little and then kind of blossom out and blossom in and some are just big solid squares which kind of shows that I want something to feel strong from start to finish and so it sort of shows the kind of dramatic shape of the entire piece so by having his pieces I kind of start to think about what needed to fit alongside it to contrast or like lead into things. Wow excellent and it looks like you've tried to set it on fire here. Yes, there's been some accidental, looks like bum wiping or something. I don't know. <laughs> something terrible. Coffee, coffee. Placing. Yeah, coffee, definitely coffee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. Oh, great. So, is somewhere, I mean, not, not that I want to see it, but does somewhere the music exist on paper for yeah. varmints, for example? Um, in a much more scrappy way yeah. than. Because that only needs to. So, the way that I write my electronics is that I do these maps. And then, um, and then I make a kind of mood board where I still have my map, my timeline, my shape, but I have like little what some of the musical ideas might be. It'll be like here's this chord, or here's this rhythm, or here's you know that that will correspond to the shape. And then I'll go to Sibelius, which is like notation software, and I'll put in a bunch of empty bars and put these little bookmarks of those particular moments. Like here's a big climactic thing, here's and then I sort of fill in the gaps. So. And then eventually, once I've got the thing sounding good on Sibelius, which is like general MIDI and it sounds absolutely atrocious, mm. Um, mm. then I extract all the MIDI and put it in Ableton. But that's right okay. at the very end. Right. So even though it's very electronic music, the bulk of the work happens in the notation stage. Okay. So there is sheet music for everything, but it's quite scrappy because it's not designed for other people to play. So I don't do any of the, like, you know, if I was writing stuff for an orchestra, I have to make sure it looks really nice and it's yeah. easy to play or whatever. So... I didn't bother doing that for this because I didn't need to. Okay. So there is, but it looks it looks really bad. Right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. If an orchestra, say some orchestra somewhere in the world, uh, was a big fan of yours and decided we are going to play varmints right. as an orchestra, mm. like a sort of, could, I mean, could you sort of give? We've them... done that quite Have a lot. You done that. Yeah, we've done varmints and orchestra. Oh gosh. So we did in the QBH. Yeah, right. yeah, we've done it a few times in, okay. in London. And a few festivals, and we did it in the Netherlands, and we've done it in 
Georgia. We did right. in Georgia a little while ago, and oh, we did yeah. in Australia. And so yeah, oh, God, it's a really okay. nice thing. So where did you do it in the Netherlands? Netherlands, we did it a few times. We did it in a festival, like a rock, uh, like a jazzy festival in Groningen, and oh, yeah. we did it in somewhere else around there that I can't remember now. And we're doing it again, I think later this year. Right, but that'll right. be Fibs and Orchestra, but. Yeah, and we, but that is still with bands, it's band and orchestra. So, so uh, yeah, so... So you still sing, yeah. still have the singing bits. And yeah, so the guys in my band, because I was too busy slash lazy, did the arrangements, <laughs> so right. it's still like, yeah, so it's the varmints and fifth tracks or yeah, whatever yeah, yeah. for orchestra, you know, and they still all have click tracks and everything, and the band plays alongside it. Wow. And it works well, it's good. That's cool, yeah. I wish I'd seen that. Yeah, it was really great. good, yeah. really good, yeah. Because, I mean, like I said, we had a great time doing that with mm. the orchestra, it was something else, Yeah. You know? um, do you know the, do you know Jules Buckley? Uh, yeah. Yeah, he did that. Oh, nice. Yeah, so he yeah. Um, came and arranged, he picked sort of, I don't know, well, we kind of band him picked five, six mm. thing tracks, and he put the, he did the arrangements. And, I mean, I couldn't believe how brilliant they were. Like, right. for, for us, it was just... I mean, it's quite funny because I did uh, quite a lot of uh, communicating with him mm. uh, while the other guys sort of waited until the moment where we actually arrived for the rehearsals. So I think they were thinking that it was going to be us playing with a bit of ambient orchestral right. stuff. Yeah, yeah. And then we got in there and it was just like, whoa, yeah. okay, you've yeah. made all this incredible music. And Jules had this thing of, because it was a, sim- a full full orchestra, is mm-hmm. that a symphony orchestra? Right? Uh, yeah, it's a full yeah. thing, yeah. And he says that, you know, you've got to have the politics of making sure that every member of the orchestra feels like they're sort of doing something. You know? Right. So there was one or two little noises where we kind of went, oh, that sounds a bit Disney. Right. And we went, yeah, but we've got to have it in there. So the <laughs> <laughs> player won't be happy, you know, kind of thing. So, All right. Yeah, which I hadn't... I don't been. know if that's really... I mean, I've written quite a lot of orchestral music, and I've quite often players are... To asking me, please don't write anything from me. <laughs> I had one guy was like, "I'll buy you drinks if you never write me any music." No oh, way. Right. So why would? Because why would they don't want to play new music. They don't want to play like it's much easier to play really? stuff. Really? No. So maybe it was just because of the event itself. Right. Because it was like a like the Queen's Night, which well, it's now King's Night because there's a, there's a king. I think there's a king in Holland now. Um, but it's a kind of bank holiday gig they have every year at the end mm. of April um, and it's a special occasion so maybe it was because he was doing it for that event he kind yeah. of needed to make sure everyone was included right okay anyway that's what he said yeah but. I mean it's a, it's a nice idea right and I wish that most players cared that much I wanted to go back to uh, sort of pre pre varmints yeah so one thing that we kind of think about when we're doing this is the moment was there a moment where okay so you'd had the sort of general idea to to make this sort of project mm-hmm. was there a moment maybe it was like signing to Moshi Moshi or maybe it was something else where you thought okay we I can actually do this not it's always an evolving goalposty thing uh-huh. isn't it like you sort of think that it's a thing and you or you know you feel it's it feels for a very long time like a Maybe it's not even, um, you know, because I've done the two EPs and the signing Moshi thing never felt like anything formal. It was a kind of evolving, flaky thing. Did you know them before? No, not before the EPs, but like they Mm. didn't. The Blackpins Fury was out in 2012. Yeah. So it was a long time ago. It was in 2013, you know, so I think maybe, maybe the big moment felt like the gamble of taking the time to, you know, I had to turn down a lot of work to write varmints and you know and I'd, my, I knew it's like I really wanted to make a big part of my life mm. and I wanted to try and do it properly and had no idea of what what it would be you know what, what it, I knew what, what it would be yes, and I knew what I wanted to write but I didn't have any idea if it would be a thing that could be sustainable yeah. and yeah the gamble feels like the kind of okay I'm just gonna not only am I gonna clear my diary I'm also gonna invest a big ton of money that to be honest, speaking of someone who's in a band, it's probably not that unusual, but com- for composers, like, there's so mm. much infrastructure and funding. Nobody funds their own stuff. Right, you know, right. You wait for your huge amount of money from something else. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, very, very, uh, and very supported uh, and overindulged. So, yeah, that <laughs> felt like the scary thing, just being like, I'm going to just take a little step back yeah. from what I normally do. Is there, um, are there any people in your band who've been in sort of a ton of indie star bands over no. years, or are they all 
classical? Um, they all do a mix of stuff. They all do. Nobody's been in like a ton of bands. Jack's been in quite a few bands. Mm. Um, yeah, he has been actually in a lot of bands. Yeah. But everyone's always done a bunch of stuff. So all of them have all played in orchestras. And right. All of okay. them have done session work. And yeah. Sam, the drummer, was in a hip hop comedy troupe for a while. <laughs> and you know, Jack does music workshops with kids. And yeah. you know, so they're all quite. You know, Maddie does a lot of cellists as well as um, work in theatre. Okay. So they both all have quite a kind of portfolio, portfolio career sort of pretentious. Yeah. So now you're, I mean, you're you're kind of a touring force now. As, mm. as a, mm-hmm. you, I mean, you did a ton of gigs for Varmints, yeah. Lot. We did a load, twenty sixteen, twenty seventeen. Yeah. And then less. I mean, was, yeah, sixteen, seventeen. I felt like we did a lot, and then a bit less, eighteen, nineteen, while we were doing fibs, virtually none last year. Yeah. A few of these actually it became more Varmints and Orchestra. Twenty eighteen, nineteen, we did Varmints and Orchestra in London, and then toured that around quite a bit. Right. 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 Um, and then. Yeah, so now we're back on it there, touring yeah. again this year. Yeah. So you like it? I mean, so. Yeah, I mean, it's exhausting. Right. <laughs> and we're about to go to the States for like a month. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, cool. and, yeah. you know, driving ourselves around, and, you know, it's very small scale. Um, yeah, I know it's going to be exhausting, but yeah, you know, it's yeah. kind of like... That'll be great. Yeah, it'll be brilliant. fun. I love touring in America. I mean, it's, it's unfortunately very expensive yeah. to do. You know, yeah, uh, so ruinously expensive, and, right. and the fees we've been offered are so shit. No, of course they they would yeah. they would be, you know. Yeah. But I'm afraid. Depressing. Anna and I went on to happily discuss her upcoming tour of North America for a few minutes, but well, you can probably guess what happened. Yes, that's right, the damn tour was cancelled due to that dastardly virus. So instead of rubbing lemon juice into that particular wound, let's cut straight to the fantasy album game. This is basically, this This game is called the Douglas Dare Fantasy Album Binary Choice Game. Okay. Um, and catchy. what was that? Very catchy. Catchy, yeah, yeah. I know. I'm going to work out some acronym for it yes. at some point. What this is basically is um, we're going to build an album. Okay. And it's forgetting for the moment, say you decided that all your band were either rubbish or the way they were all busy. So you sure. can make this completely with a new, completely different okay. attitude. Yeah. So we're going to decide various things what you're going to do on this album and okay. I'm going to give you two options Okay. and you have to choose one even if you either hate both okay. or love both and you can't better can't say goodbye to one. So we'll start with where is this album going to be recorded yeah. and you have a choice mm-hmm. of Tbilisi, Georgia yeah. Or see, I've done my homework. Yeah. Or Chennai, India. Oh right. Oh, they were both splendid, but I I really love Tbilisi. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, definitely go back. Yeah. Great, great food as well. Really. Mm, amazing, beautiful scenery, great food. I've heard great nice things people. about it. Nice yeah. people. I've been. My brother lived there for a few years. Oh wow. Before we went back to do the orchestra project with them. Yeah. Um, yeah. Great. You should definitely show Tbilisi. Brilliant. Amazing. Yeah. So I'd love to. We haven't actually got that far. Um, east yet, but right. in in sort of the European thing. But mm. um, okay, that's good. So yeah. Tbilisi, that's decisive. You've got a pen. I do. And I'm going to mark your choices, yeah. on, and we can recap at the end. Okay. Yeah. Uh, right. The second one is it's going to be produced by someone other than yourself. Oh, stressful. So you can choose between mm-hmm. Kate Bush, okay, and John Hopkins. Ooh. Um, that's really difficult. Um, I met John Hopkins the first time a few weeks ago and I'd never met him before. He's a cool dude. He seems really cool, mm. but then Kate Bush is Kate Bush. <laughs> yeah, um, exactly. And she might uh, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say John. Okay. Because he seemed really nice and I think I bet Kate's too busy to do it anyway. So well. um, and I think he seemed like he might you know what I'm not doing Kate back to Kate oh no that's yeah. Kate just because oh. I think uh, I think she might make me do stuff uh, right yeah different stuff I can see the benefits of that mm. of Kate because yeah. you can imagine her probably you know turning some of your thoughts on, on their heads mm. but whereas John Hopkins I can imagine it would be brilliant yeah but um, see I was also almost going to suggest him as a possible songwriting collaborator which right. is the next question oh okay but, um but the thing is, I don't. I'm a crap. I don't want to collaborate with anybody. Ah, no. This is it. I thought I had a funny feeling. Yeah, you might don't say want to produce with anybody else. Well, you, master. For this, for the purposes of this, you have, have to. to. Have to, right? Um, okay. So you are to choose between. Yeah. Jim Steinman. Don't know who that is. Meatloaf. Okay, like he, Meatloaf. He wrote the songs for Meatloaf. Oh, he wrote songs for Meatloaf. He okay. wrote um, Total Eclipse of the Heart. Oh, that's one of my faves. And a few other uh, Celine Dion songs. Oh, right. Okay, great. 
Or Goldie. Oh, uh, no, I've worked with Goldie. I know. Uh, first, one, first one. And, you know, I, I know what working with Goldie's like. He's great, but I think I'd get more out of Bonnie and Tyler at this point in my life. Cool, okay. Mm-hmm. Bonnie, Tyler, well, Jim well, Steinman. That, that kind of ballad, so I'm, yeah. I'm not for a ballad. Well, also, Jim Steinman likes his sort of long, multi-kind of stage pieces. Yeah, you know, right. He's pretty cool like okay. that. So. Uh, but he's like... I don't know if I can say this, but it's apparently a bit of a nutcase. Oh. But that could have its benefits. That too. could be fun in a recreational way. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so now you have to choose a drummer. Okay. So you can have either Sheila E. off of Prince. Okay. Or Lars Ulrich from Metallica. Um, ooh. No, Metallica. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Okay. Need the balls. Okay. <laughs> Not the literal balls, the musical balls. He's a fascinating guy. Is he? Well, I don't, I've never met him, but no. um, he's... Yeah, I can imagine him being interesting, for yeah. sure. Right, bass. We'll rattle on. Oh my God, these. this is quite stressful. Yeah, I know. I don't so, know any of these people. Huh? I don't know any of these people. Oh, uh, you'll know one of these. Okay, least. okay. Tina Weymouth from Talking Heads. Okay. Or John Taylor from Duran Duran. Oh, John Taylor. Yeah. Yeah. I knew it. Yeah. So you're something of a Duran... Fan. A bit, yeah. Okay. Apparently they came to my gig the other week. Did they? Yeah. Well, all of them? Uh, 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 who came? Two of them. Um, oh my God. Who would it be? Um, maybe it was John and uh, Simon Bond. My God, really? Yeah. Uh, in London? Yeah. Fantastic. I know, amazing. You, did you say hi? No, I don't know they're there. Oh my God, that's brilliant. I know, pretty cool. Do you think they came because they've heard you banging on about Duran Duran? I think it might be that. Really? Like, please shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I basically just love Notorious at that one song. I mean, I love lots of Duran Duran, but okay. I'm obsessed with Notorious. Okay, on guitar. I think this band is feeling quite conventional. I don't know if I would write for guitar and bass well, and drums. Yeah, yeah, I know. This is it. But then I'm, I'm assuming that you're going to be doing the keys and the synths and the so forth. Yeah, but where's no. like the other instruments? Well, you know what? The reason I didn't pick any of right. those is because I don't know. Any of them. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, this is your 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 strict. I don't rules. know that. I don't know the cellist. Okay. Know. Well, maybe you can still have you know your band. Oh, and... they can come in. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. So uh, on guitar, mm-hmm. you have to choose between Jane Maskis from Dinosaur Junior, right, or Saint Vincent. Saint Vincent. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, I was hoping you'd say that. Yeah. I think that would be awesome. Sounds like a great band. Yeah, yeah. Well, with the addition of St. Vincent, suddenly it becomes Yeah, suddenly it becomes potentially quite 80s tribute to... (laughs) (laughs) And maybe she'd make anything cool. Right. Frankly. Totally. Oh, my God. All right, so two more. Um, The first single... Yeah. ...is going... The video of the first single... Okay. ...is to be directed by... Oh, my God. Yeah. Christopher Nolan. Oh, great. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Or... The Art Man Animation Studio. Oh, that's really difficult. Have Art you seen? The, have you seen the videos they did for Peter Gabriel? No. Okay, just that. I mean, that's pre pre Wallace and Gromit and all oh, really? that. Oh, really? Yeah. I bet Check out the Sledgehammer video. I that, think I have seen Sledgehammer video. Yeah, you, you, okay, yeah, definitely Art Man. Art- I mean, you'd be you'd be daft not to. I think that would be amazing, yeah. actually, for, yeah. for your stuff. Yeah. I mean, I thought Chris Nolan with that whole sort of intercept. The yeah, darkness is quite cool. The darkness yeah. and also the streets suddenly going. Ugh. These are all very good options. You've right. Chosen very well. Oh, thank you. Mm. Well, one more. Mm-hmm. This is a bit of a weird one. Uh, the, <laughs> the album launch gig slash oh, right. party yes. is to be held either yeah. halfway across the Fourth Bridge. Nice. Now, having written that and then yeah. I thought about it, I don't know where. Not very practical. Sounds, well, that yeah. that's the thing. They're meant to be nice kind of concept, but well, maybe it would be on a boat, like oh, I see. in the in the middle. Yeah, still, it's quite unpleasant. Tell me the other one. The other one is in the forest in Vleeland in the Netherlands. Oh, okay. Do you remember that? I do remember that. Yeah, um, I too have been there. That so. festival really nice, right? Was it into the Great Wide Open? Yeah. Yeah, it was. Yeah. I love that festival, but for sheer drama in the middle of the fourth. <laughs> okay. And so there's a boat called the Maid of the Fourth, which is what you like the tour, you know, the tourist boat that kind of because it's actually quite an industrial river. It's like sure. oily and tankers everywhere, and I think that'd be quite a fun party. Is it red? The bridge. The, one of the bridges is red, and it's hugely okay. over constructed. There'd been a big train disaster 
in a, on another bridge a few years before, or ten years before or something, and it meant that when they were designing the construction part, they completely like overcompensated it, and it's so you know it's beautiful for yeah, bridge, but it's yeah. really like overengineered. Right. And okay. red. And red. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so made of the fourth is that M A I D? Yes. Okay. On the made of the fourth. Right. Okay. Yeah. All right, cool. So that's good. We've got our options. So I'm just going to recap. Yes. So you're going to be re- <laughs> recording in Tbilisi, Georgia. Yeah, no brainer. With Kate Bush on production details. Of course. You're going to do a couple of tracks with Jim Steinman, songwriting yes. collabs. Lovely. You're going to have a band consisting of Lars Ulrich from Metallica on drums. Brilliant. On bass, you're going to have John Taylor from Duran Duran with yeah. his cheekbones. Uh-huh. And on guitar, St. Vincent. Yes. The first video, the first single is going to be directed by the Ardman's Animation Studio, yeah. and the album launch gig is going to be on the May of the fourth, yeah. in the middle of the fourth. Actually, very excited about it. Cool. I can't well, wait. <laughs> maybe some of those will actually come true. Wow. Okay. Thanks. I feel quite excited about my glorious future. Right. Wow. <laughs> That's great. What a combo. Thanks. Oh, nice one. Mm. That was good. Mm, very good. That worked. Yeah. Um, very good. There's one. There's another one. The sort of traditional question that yeah. we ask, which I don't. Again, I'm not entirely sure how appropriate it would be for you. But the thing is, you get some decent radio play on Six Music, yeah. so you're kind. You know, you're not um, unused to having a sort of radio hit-ish in Ish. some respects. Right. Yeah. yeah. So this is the what we call the level forty-two question. Okay. Do you remember level forty-two? And um, is that red, red wine? No, that's UV40. Oh, I always get them confused. Okay. What's yeah. the Level 42 song? Level 42 did Running in the Family. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, you know what? I, a very old boyfriend. I, went, I think I've been to see them years and years. Yeah, they're really? Great. Yeah, oh. is that the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they were, they were the first band I ever saw, actually. So, mm. so the interesting thing about Level 42, and regular listeners to this podcast will be so bored now if you're in explain what this question means right anyway what they did they formed in about like 1980 and they had a couple of albums that were sort of doing all right you know Mm -hmm. good touring but very much on the kind of jazz funk scene Mm -hmm. and then they sat down with each other and they said right lads we need to hit pay dirt we need to deliberately right write some hit singles smash it yeah yeah so they did they actually went from you know the whole songwriting process to production to everything with the express aim of yeah. having a hit single right and it succeeded they had like five six whopping great hit singles it yeah. went up to arena level and it was all good wow so the question is would you right do that i think i am not for well i know already that i'm not good at writing music uh that you know, like I can't write in anybody else's style, or you know, when I've been asked to do film stuff, and you know, if someone said, Oh, and then maybe this bit sounds a bit like Michael Nyman, I, you know, I just cannot do it. Okay, you know, okay. So I can only really sound like myself. And even in terms of like, um, so on Fibs, one song in Hill Exhale, I was like, This is an absolute pop banger. This okay. has got radio one big weekend in Skegness written all over it. Yeah. Here we go, chart topping success. And it did get playlisted, but it didn't get anywhere near as much radio play as the like big gnarly long seven minute oh, yeah. crazy instrumentals. So, Isn't that funny? Yeah. 
And I think it's maybe because what people think that I do. But I think I, I think that I do the whole spectrum of stuff. But yeah, I thought I'd written a really mm. good pop song. So that's which one is that? Inhale it's called Inhale XL. And is that that's not the first single that came off? No, this one's called Paramore. That's a video with the train. Yeah. And Inhale yeah. XL has a video with the car wash. Okay. Yes, I remember. It's me singing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, I think it's just a really good pop song if I say so myself. And okay. So yeah. So I think I've just sort of stopped. I think that was a good lesson and. Well, I didn't write in Hell Excel with that brief, but when no. I finished it, I thought, ha! Right. You know, <laughs> yeah. Smash this. Yeah, yeah. And I, you know, I think it's a grower. I think people will come back to it and be like, oh, that sure looks really good. But it uh, didn't, um, yeah. So, no, it's probably. Funny. It's yeah. funny, isn't it? Because we've had a range of different responses to this. Mm. Some people are like, why would I ever want to do that? Mm. And some, quite a lot of the producers that we've spoken to are like, well, yeah, of course. Right. That's kind of what we do all the time. Yeah. And then one a chap who produced our last record, mm. Flood, he was like, no, I don't care what's on the radio. Right. Now. And so it's a sort of, it's a funny one. But I think everyone is basically of the view that you could try and do it. Yeah. But you have no no control way. I think maybe that's kind of what I'm saying that you know mm. I with all this stuff the things anything that you think you can think this is I'm really proud of this thing and I hope you listen to it but thinking that you're going to get any particular amounts of especially now when there's so many platforms and streaming and competition and it's also vile I think maybe things were a bit different that you know you had your one place to get your radio or I don't know and maybe there's more money floating about I have no idea but it definitely well I think there was wasn't there I mean back yeah. You know, but I mean, again, it was. I mean, because you were, um, you were uh, watching Top of the Pops and so on you mm. know, when you were younger, right? I mean, but, that was yeah. that was the place. Yeah. So everyone who had any kind of success had to do Top of the Pops. Yeah. As you say, it was like the filter through through which everyone mm. went. But now, I mean, it's kind of both better and worse, isn't it? Yeah. There's loads of places, and you know, obviously, you can stream shit in loads yeah. of places, and you can be just doing live gigs and you know it feels like it's very hard to make money off your yeah. money, off your and yet most people most of my classical you know pals and contacts have this idea that there's like something like the 90s that there's this like you know yeah. record deals with golden checks sure. like, floating around the place and yeah. uh, you know the reality is really it's not like that at all it's very hard yeah. but even the like, radio play stuff things that you might think ha you know got all this radio play uh, and I don't doesn't ever translate into anything. Oh, you really, you know, one person might hear a track in the middle of Radio 3 in the middle of the night and yeah. love it and get in touch just as much as the 10 people that might hear something. I don't know, it doesn't, this doesn't feel like even the things that you think might be really big game changing deals, I don't know how much difference they actually make. Well, they don't seem to translate into anything like. Yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely, I mean, I think that. I mean, obviously, well, not obviously, but I am a big Six Music listener. Right. So, to to me, mm. they have, they've almost kind of formed their own world in which one can be successful, you know. Mm. So there's like, for example, I always use this example of The National, mm. uh, have, a, have a song called Blood Buzz Ohio, which I'm sure that if you put that on the sound system in any room full of kind of six music-ish people and every single person would know it. It's right, like, it's played so much. So yeah, because it's a hit in its own way. Yeah. But I, I don't think it got into the charts, you know. Yeah. I don't think, so the, the hit single has become something different now. But I mean, obviously it would help fill their gigs up. And help, yeah, help and it's defined, but that, that, that uh, ubiquitousness on six music will be defined by uh, a panel of producers, radio mm. producers, rather than anything mm. to do with uh, sales or anything, which is quite, yeah. which is at, at once good because it gives smaller people a chance and scary because you feel like it's relying on such uncontrollable parameters. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Have you done um, roundtable? Yeah, a few times. Okay. Yeah, Did terrifying. You, really? Yeah, I've, I mean, I've been on roundtable as I've been judged and I've been a judge yeah. two or three times now. Sure. And yeah, I don't really like being critical of other people. I mm. sort of it really, really hurts me when people are critical, and I find it very difficult. It's very much, I think I recall, quite fence sitting, giving everybody okay. nice <laughs> comments and marks. <laughs> I think I've been quite lucky, and all the ones I've done, there's been one thing I've absolutely adored. Right, right. And so I've been able to quite genuinely, because I didn't, you know, normally don't know any of the music of the people before. And so, you know, I obviously listen to it, yeah. but, I, you know, it's not like in context of the rest of their work. But, yeah, it's nice to have something genuinely that you can gush about. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think the most often used phrase on Roundtable is, mm. 
well, this isn't the kind of thing I would normally listen yeah, to. Yeah, it's not for me. Yeah, it's not yeah. for me. Exactly, yeah. it's not for me. And also, it's not it's not made for me. Right, oh, that's interesting. A lot of people, yeah, well, they're not thinking about people like me when they make these right. records, you know. So. Mm. <laughs> Another thing that we sometimes ask is mm-hmm. that, so these kind of things that happen in a career where things kind of go well and, yeah. you know, you have your um, albums that do all right and then the touring gets better and so forth. But, right. um what, I wonder if there's anything that's changed, mm-hmm. as in something that's ostensibly a good thing, mm-hmm. but there has been a negative impact in some ways. Yeah. So you um, kind of thought, well... Def- I mean, the, the, the obvious one, which is not very fun, but it's definitely true, is being like, my life-work balance is absolutely fucked. Okay. And, you know, okay. I there's so much going on, and there's so many things happening at the moment, and mm. it feels like I'm... Um, Constantly in the naive idea that if I just work really hard, that I'll be able to then catch up with it all and stop. And yeah. I just feel like I'm just like treading water the whole time of projects and plans and mm. things that are coming in. And it's great. And I will say it's an incredibly jammy position mm. to be in to have this much stuff afoot. But it definitely also feels like, and I find it incredibly hard to like switch off and sure, yeah. you know, read a book, can't read books anymore, and yeah, that's really yeah. sad. And on holidays, I'm like a nightmare, like pacing around, trying to constantly bellowing, what's the plan for the day? Oh, you know, God, like, yeah, I, yeah. I can't seem to just like let stuff just happen. So. But do you think you, I mean, you strike me as someone who'd be like that anyway. A bit, but not as much. Like okay. <laughs> I used to, I used to be like I would just procrastinate a lot more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now I can't really afford to procrastinate quite as much. I miss the procrastination. Okay. Those days. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah, I'm Overrated. pretty anxious, and you know, I would make, yeah, I would be a bit of a nightmare anyway. But I definitely feel like you know, I see people, I see friends a lot less, and yeah, yeah. Um, uh, feel like I have to be on call a lot more than I used to, which is a bit shit. Do you ever think what would have happened if you'd not done this other kind of... Um, yeah, I mean, I suppose, like, I feel like where I was at when I was just doing commissioned work, mm. the, you know, the path ahead was looking pretty straightforward. Was it? Straightforward. Okay. Yeah, like, yeah. I could have definitely just kept going. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, the kind of work I was getting, I would have hoped might have generated then more equivalent work like that. Yeah, I think the problem. Well, is that there's a slow, there's a much slower gestation to all these like classical pieces that you know my friend's writing an opera just now and he's been writing it for two or three years. Yeah, you know, and it will be played <clears throat> three or four times, and then you know, and it's like a huge, big, you know, and it's a huge thing to write. It's hours and hours long, but yeah. um, I am not very good at. Uh, yeah, I don't. I think I'd struggle. I did write an opera, but I find that just the size of it is so daunting. Yeah. Um, Do you have to pick words for that as well? For an opera, no, you work with a librettist. I yes, do, okay. So, I, yeah, I work with this guy. Philip, you know Philip Ridley? No. He's like a screen, screenwriter and poet. And okay. He, he, he did The Craze. Oh. And, um, anyway, great writer. So someone match-made us. Yeah, yeah. Because I wouldn't really know where to begin. But, um, yeah, for opera, you normally work with a librettist. Yeah. Which I guess is different to songwriting where people tend to do it themselves which is kind of sure. strange distinction. Well, I guess they do, they, they do now. I suppose you had a lyricist like the Bernie Taupin kind of person who works with Elton John you know, oh yeah uh, right okay so I suppose that does but I get I mean it's less common though isn't it is it it is yeah. Yeah. certainly now I think certainly these days they tend to sort of I mean funnily enough you know I I writing lyrics is my least favourite bit of writing isn't it songs. horrible absolutely hate it in a way <laughs> just, like you know just maybe maybe bands should get a little, you know yeah. with, I don't know. but you you do your own lyrics I do because the autonomy of the thing feel like it's to, you know in the same way that I'm not the best singer but it feels much more important that it's me singing because this is my thing and I'm, therefore I want to be responsible for everything uh-huh. hence you know all the production all the writing all the you know it wants to feel like I'm all over you know other stuff yeah. like collaborating with filmmakers or whatever but yeah band stuff or mm-hmm. album stuff yeah I don't really it sounds very appropriate to the rest of the stuff that's going on you know mm. so I mean the first time first couple of times I've in fact I think that I thought that there was someone else singing right up until I saw you live right I think so because I remember when you started singing and I was like oh and I think it was maybe yeah ah oh, yeah I thought that might be the case but yeah um, but it does really help that I mean the, the fact that the whole band sing. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, don't they? yeah I mean, do, that's yeah. that's a really strong effect, I think. Live. Yeah, it is nice. You know, it's all, and we did this gig 
you know, we've just not just finished a tour and mm. with the new stuff and we do a, not in festivals but in our own shows we do a cover yeah. and to finish shows so we did a medley which was really fun oh do. cool what did you do uh, so we st- and it's always like really cheesy yeah, yeah and so we've in the past we've done Enter Sandman and like 500 miles yeah and so this one started with Daniel Bedingfield's Gotta Get Through This oh, and nice. then moved on to ABBA's Lay Your Love On Me and then on to Carly Rae Jepsen Call Me Maybe and then right. into Ozone's Dragonstan Dragonstan Today and then the Crystal Maze so it's like a little medley Fantastic. and each of us gets to do a bit oh cool so each of them sings oh, a little Fantastic. Oh, I wish I'd seen that it That's was really a, fun yeah yeah, fun. yeah yeah brilliant so you're obviously an ABBA fan then I love ABBA okay yeah I mean it's, again I don't listen to it very much but right. I think it's great songwriting yeah yeah and I don't really understand why people don't like it. some people don't like it yeah, I don't think they've been listening hard enough. Right. You know. um, sure, Dancing Queens is annoying, it's overplayed. Right. Oh, but, yeah, of course. Yeah. But there's loads of really beautiful songs. Definitely. And also, um, Douglas Dare, who I spoke to last week, he yeah. said that actually what you can do when you sing an ABBA song is mm. you can sing the lyrics and the melody, but you can also sing the keyboard part, or you could sing the guitar part. Right. It's all catchy, it's all yeah, singable. You're you know? right. Yeah, you're right. He's right. I mean, it's just, like, everything's good chunky memorable mm. riffs yeah um, yeah I think they're great definitely brilliant cool. that's cool thank you very much no worries it's, it's, been really, it's been great to talk to you oh thank you for asking me no worries forecast failing the heat they said would sweep the land has failed to touch the cold that lines the sides of these four walls with goodwill trailing and all our money running out What seemed a good idea Has first become a friendly waste of time Sunset staring Was meant to be this nice idea It's not the moment that we hope We check our phones Our eyes can't beat Brainstorm sharing Could be the story There we are, Anna Meredith. My thanks to her for the conversation. I'd also like to thank her manager, Rachel, for making it happen. I've just glanced at Anna's website to see when she'll be touring again. Like the rest of the live music universe, it seems all a bit up in the air right now, but next time she and the band play near you, whenever that may be, I highly recommend seeing them because they're a visual and musical feast like few others. Thanks very much for listening. Remember to subscribe, leave us a rating or review, spread the word and so forth. We'll be back with another episode in a couple of weeks. Time.